0: Welcome to What The Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, Certified Financial Planner, Jonathan Bedner.
1: Welcome to Episode 17 of What The Wealth. This is September 17th. This is Thursday morning. I just wanted to continue our conversation about estate planning, and today we're just going to talk about a couple of tips uh, that I think young people should do, and then we're going to talk about a couple of common mistakes that I see a lot of people make when they're, when they're doing their estate planning documents. So the first thing I want to talk about is just some estate planning that I think young people should do. A lot of times when we talk about estate planning, like I mentioned in the last podcast with Lauren, was people think of estate planning as only for those who are 60, 70, 80, and it's their their final wishes. And that's a component of estate planning, but it's not the end-all be-all. And actually, in my opinion, people as young as 18 should have some sort of estate plan, namely their financial power of attorney and their healthcare directives. And so when parents have their children become of legal age, I think that it should be very important for them, especially if they go off to college or they move away to go work, maybe a couple of states away, or even if they're living in the same town or community, but they're out of the house maybe. But getting these estate planning documents in order for that young person, 18, 19, 20 years old, allows for them to have some sort of plan if something should tragically happen to them. That way you've got as parent, or whoever they choose, but most likely at that age, probably a parent. The authority to quickly and easily, you know, access their bank accounts should should they need to be accessed. You've got access to doctors and healthcare professionals with their health care wishes quickly. You would have HIPAA authorization. So all of these things would provide a source of information for you as the parent of this young adult so that, you know, again, if something tragic happens, you can still be there to care for them or, or try to help care for them, um, should they not be able to make decisions on their own. And, you know, no no parent, I'm a parent to, to young children, three and, and three years old and two, two months old. Um, so we're a long way from this in my family. But um, I think as a parent, now you realize, or. I realized what others have told me in the past was, you know, my children could be 40 and they're still my babies. But at 18, 19, and 20, you know, sometimes young adults, we just don't make very good decisions. And one of those decisions is not having estate planning documents at all at that age. And usually that's not the young adult's fault. That's usually the parents or the caregiver's fault for not providing the advice and reasoning on why you should have these documents in order. And we don't have to look past this year. You know, here we are sitting in the middle of, you know, COVID-19 pandemic, and I'm so tired of hearing the word COVID, honestly. But it's the world we currently live in. And, you know, as kids are going from high school, turning 18 and going to college in the middle of this healthcare scare and crisis, I think it's vastly important to have you know, power of attorney, both financially and, and healthcare directives, uh, HIP authorizations, living wills, those things in place. So if something does happen traveling back and forth to school or happen while they're at school or they get COVID, something like that, then the parents can quickly and easily step in and, and help with you know, any deficiencies or, or any guidance that may help Alleviate some of the stress in this, you know, in this time. I, I think everybody's got high levels of stress right now um, with just everything that's going on and having those documents in place, even at a young age. A lot of people would say that they don't need them. They're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, whatever the age is. Maybe not married, no kids, w- which would be even more reason to have these documents in order. But you know, a lot of times someone will say, well, they're 18, they're 19, they don't need these documents. You know, the estate planning is only for 70-year-olds and 80-year-olds, and you know, it's really just not true. You know, you want to have someone as an 18, 19, 20-year-old who can make decisions for you, and usually those are going to be your parents or your legal guardians. And I know that would be, you know, in my case, that's who, it, who I'd want it to be. I would want my mom and dad to legally be able to make decisions for me. And having those written orders is the easiest, most effective way to do that. And again, like Lauren and I spoke last week, it's, it's super cheap. Um, There's other alternatives out there as well. And I'm not on this podcast to give advice on what you should or shouldn't do in the form of how you go about this. I am strongly advocating that you take action to get your estate planning documents in order, no matter how old you are. It's just, it's vastly, vastly important. And it's one of the things that I check off on on my financial plans when I'm going through with clients. Do we have an estate planning documents? Are they executed? Are they in order? And it's one of the first things that we try to tackle. So that's the first thing. The next thing I want to talk about is is really just two kind of mistakes that I see clients make. The first is not executing the estate planning document. So, you've met with an attorney, you've provided your wishes and your dreams, and who gets what, and what healthcare decisions you want to want to have made, who's going to be in charge of your finances, you've got who's going to be trustee or the executor of a trust or the will, you've got it all mapped out. You get this stack of papers back, and they sit there, and they sit there. And they sit there. And what happens is, I see time and time again where he's gone through all this work, an emotional strain with, you know, maybe spouse, not in a negative way, but, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the most comfortable thing to talk about when you're talking about estate planning, unless you're just going to do it the easy way out and say, oh, my wife gets everything or my husband gets everything. That's super easy and it's usually pretty obvious, but when you actually try to start Uh, mapping out how assets pass or who's going to be in charge of what responsibilities. Maybe someone's in charge of financial responsibilities, and someone else is in charge of healthcare responsibilities. And so when you really start having those deep conversations, it can take an emotional toll on individuals and couples. And so what you don't want to do is go through all of that conversation and meetings and potentially arguments and get the documents back that the the attorneys put together and they sit on your desk for years and they never get executed. And again, I see it time and time and time again, but they're worthless unless they're signed. A lot of times they need to be notarized, witnessed, but they have to be executed or they're no good. And so once you get those documents, the first thing you need to do is execute them And then you need to get them to the responsible parties who are going to help should something happen, or at least tell them where they can find these documents, whether that is electronically stored somewhere, maybe on a flash drive, maybe on the cloud somewhere, maybe your attorney has a copy, maybe your financial advisor keeps a copy, maybe it's in your safety deposit box at the bank, but somewhere where whoever is going to be in charge has a as a way to get them, I would give them a copy, but I would also let them know that there's a there's a backup copy at the attorney's office or the financial advisor's office um, or on the cloud or or the Dropbox or wherever, wherever you want to store that or provide that. But you need to make sure it's executed and you need to make sure that whoever's going to help with that has has access to um, those forms and, and who to contact should something happen to you. They may not know where your banks are or who your doctors are or who your financial advisor is, or who your CPA is. So you almost need to create a letter um, that says, you know, if something happens to me, you need to call my CPA. Here's their name and number. Here's my financial advisor. Here's their name and number. These are my doctors, their name and and numbers and and addresses. You know, here's here's the banks we use. Anything like that. Needs to, needs to have almost like a one-pager that goes with those documents so that that is updated and easy to keep up with and easy for those who will make decisions. And it'll just streamline the whole process. It'll just make it easier. So that's the biggest mistake I see is just failure to execute on the estate planning documents after they've been prepared. The next thing that I see a lot of times is just Failure to update beneficiaries. So times change. Sometimes there's fights in families. Sometimes there's new additions to families. Sometimes there's divorce. Sometimes there's remarriages. It's important to update your beneficiaries. And I recommend looking at that once a year. It's hard to to remember to do it once a year. But at least once a year, you you should try to update your beneficiaries. Make sure the things are the way you want them to be. And probably review your will and make sure things haven't changed in there as well. A couple of years ago, I was reviewing the client's account. And when I was doing the review, I said, is this still the beneficiary? And I said, the, the the client's spouse's name. And he said, yes, it was. And I said, okay, great. We kept along with the conversation and, you know, talking about the economy and the market and his accounts. And we started to close out the conversation. And he, he brought up again the beneficiary and he said, just, just a quick question, Jonathan, can you tell me the birth date of that beneficiary on there? So I told him what the birthday was. And he said, that's the wrong beneficiary. That's my ex-wife. And what had happened was this gentleman had been married. He had named his beneficiary. He got a divorce and he got married again. And his new wife had the same name as his ex-wife. And so if, if you didn't dig deeper to know, check his social security number or check a, a date of birth or something like that, potentially what could have happened was he passed away and his ex-wife get become the beneficiary, inherit the money, and totally leave out his, his existing wife or his current wife on this actual account. So uh, you want to make sure that your, your beneficiaries are up to date. You don't want a situation like that happening where the person that you don't want to receive your money ends up receiving or inheriting your money. So, you know, I think this episode's a little bit shorter than, than some of those in the past. I, I just want to talk about the importance of, again, estate planning documents, and everyone should have them. As soon as you turn 18, I think you should get them. They don't have to be as complex, but I do think you need to have, um, have those in place as soon as you turn 18. The second two things are, if you do get the estate planning documents, and you should, then you need to update those and make sure that you execute them and get them to the correct parties that are involved. So it streamlines and makes everything more efficient for those that that are gonna be in charge. And then finally, update your beneficiaries. Take time, take 30 minutes once a year. When you're reviewing your accounts or you're looking at the year end, what do I need to do before the next year? Take a few minutes and just look at the beneficiaries and make sure nothing's changed. If nothing's changed, then great, it's easy. You don't have to do anything. If something has changed, it's usually a quick phone call and a quick signature. It takes very, very little time. And so make sure that if you haven't done that in a while, update those beneficiaries. Again, this podcast, just to remind everybody, is just for educational purposes only. It's not intended to be specific, you know, legal investment or or tax advice. You know, you want to contact contact your uh, professional that you work with. If you don't have someone you're working with currently and you want to reach out to me, I'm happy to help you. My email address is Jonathan at paradigmwp.com. It's Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at paradigm, paradigmw WP.com. We will put a link in the show notes. Uh, so that'll be there. If you're not following me on LinkedIn, follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. Uh, Make sure to tune in again in October. We're going to have some really good stuff to talk about in October. Thanks. Make it a great day. Create the life you love.
0: Thank you for joining us on What The Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love.